Alright guys, welcome to CLD Talks. I'm your host Connor Maxwell. Today I'm joined with Suzanne Clark, who is the Service Manager for Vibrant Communities, and Kieran Wardrobe, who is the Acting Team Coordinator within the Communities Team for Vibrant Communities. And today they tell us about all the amazing work that they do across the local authority and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, here's Vibrant Communities. Could you just introduce yourselves and tell us just a wee bit about your career in CLD so far and your current roles, whoever wants to go first. Okay, I'll go first. Thanks, Connor. I'm Suzanne Clark. I'm currently the service manager for Vibrant Communities here in East Ayrshire Council. Um, I've been probably with the council for 24 years now. Um, so my full career has been in East Ayrshire, although um, I had some voluntary uh, experience and background before I started um, as a qualified community worker here in East Ayrshire. So my sort of background started as a young person participating in some youth work activity. I did some empowerment training, etc. And actually got into the way of thinking around I wanted to be a community worker because of my neighbour and a very close friend of my dad years ago who um, was a youth work manager in Ayrshire at the time. Um, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, um, but it was through his work and the work I did as a young person that really inspired me to get involved um, and actually do my degree in uh, community education back in 1996, I think I started at Jordan Hill through Strathclyde Uni, graduated in 99 and started in the deepest, darkest parts of East Ayrshire down in Domellington as a community worker with a bit of a focus around community development as such. Um, that was the area I specialised in as part of my degree. Um, but when I, I came into East Ayrshire, they were just reorganising, as we do in uh, ComEd back in the day, um, and became a generic community worker. So a bit of a focus on youth work, adult learning and community development at that time. Um, my career has developed over the years. Um, I've moved about East Ayrshire, then moved into a senior role, um, and then eventually into a team leader mm. role with community learning development at that time, um, with a focus um, really, our teams were generic with mm -hmm. a thematic feel. So I led um, the community development, community capacity building team within CLD. And then within, back in 2013, Vibrant Communities was established. That We'll talk a bit more about that later, about what Vibrant Community uh, vibrant community is and um, why we, we came into to VC at that time but I think it really did protect us as CLD workers mm. um, at, within a local authority when other areas were cutting back their CLD um, workers we were really um, keeping that focus um, and we, we were uh, supported to do that but we'll talk a bit more about that later so when we moved into uh, vibrant communities I took over the team leader role for the communities team um, at that time and then in part of my career I did have a three years break out of the CLD field into the council's transformation team so really taking forward the approaches around CLD into that wider council service um, transformation role and then back into to vibrant communities as service manager about a year and a half ago in the midst of um, COVID um, and so I'm back in this field again but I'll pass to Kieran because he was one of my team when I was the team leader with the communities team and he's still within that team in Vibrant and he'll talk about a bit 
about his background, but also he'll be able to talk later about the work of the communities team in Vibrant. Nice one. Great. Yeah, so uh, I'm Kieran Wardrop. I'm currently the acting team coordinator in the communities team. Um, I kind of came into CLD. I left school, I'd done the kind of thing, didn't really know what I was wanting to do. I'd applied for, I think, five completely different courses at, at university. I'd looked at apprenticeships, I'd looked at not doing any, I'd looked at work, I'd looked at all these different things. I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I kind of started that last year. I'd always been around youth work activity. Um, uh, I was a participant in Duke Edinburgh, Boys Brigade, uh, really involved in kind of faith-based community work and youth work through the church as well. And it really wasn't until um, I'd been involved in a couple of projects at summertime um, that, I'd, that I'd really made the decision that I was wanting to go and do community education at Strathclyde as well. Now, Weirdly, that was the only one that had rejected me at the time as well <laughs> for uni. Uh, so, and at that point as well, I didn't know if I was actually going to get my higher English at sixth year either. So I'd made all these plans to go and go back to college and do an evening class in English and go and build up experience and try and um, get involved in stuff that I'd not done before, maybe some adult learning, community development, that kind of thing. And um, I was actually away doing my Duke of Edinburgh residential up in Pitlochry with a few of my friends the week exam results came out and um, at that point the text thing was an option that was a new thing you, were, you got your <laughs> uh. exam results through text and I said no I don't I, I don't need to know then I, I'll not I'll not go to the bother of finding out when I'm away from home letter arrived with um, my mum and dad said to them like, don't let me know don't open it sorry I'll get them when I come back and that day I got a phone call from Strathclyde Uni offering me a place on the ComEd course. And after like telling them, oh, this is my plans for next year, it's all right, I'll apply next next year again. They said it was going to be the final year that Strathclyde were running the course. Ah. So that kind of completely changed all the plans. By that point, knew it's what I wanted to do. And so it kind of, the decision was made for me, really. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. Went to uni at Strathclyde. I got a year at Jordan Hill before we moved into city centre and Jordan Hill closed. and. Uh, two really different learning environments, but really enjoyed my time there. Um, and slowly seeing everybody leave as well, to be in the last year there, right at the very end. So that was quite nice as well. We got to do some celebration things about what had been at Jordan Hill. and um, But at uni, I ended up getting a job doing youth work in a church, Church of Scotland Congregation up in, in Lanarkshire. And I was there for nearly three years. Um and still, I used to lead the Duke Edinburgh expeditions and assess them mm. and still did a bit of kind of generic sessional youth work down here as well. Um, graduated and ended up getting a job with Aslan up in Lanarkshire as oh, well nice. and did a kind of a mapping exercise for them, just a short-term contract around faith communities in the area. Um, but really decided that I wanted to come back home to Ayrshire, to family, to friends, at my now wife Heather as well, just kind of start of a relationship so everything kind of led to coming back to Ayrshire and thankfully a job full-time job came up at East Ayrshire so I've been here six and a half years full-time six years as a community worker and since Christmas I've been doing a kind of temporary act-up role as acting team coordinator so that's my kind of journey so far. Nice one how have you found the acting up for the last six months because I've recently just been in that position in a it's quite challenging. Yeah, it's difficult. I think, so, 
I really only applied because it was temporary as well. I wanted to kind of test it out, see if it was something I liked doing or not. So that was attractive. Um, trying to kind of doing that in the team that you were always part of as well has been interesting. It's been difficult at times. Relationships change. That kind of working relationship changes, and um, but really in the last few months, really started to get into the swing of it a bit more. Really enjoyed it more, and I've actually really appreciate the opportunity to do it. Probably. It's probably changed some of the things I've been thinking about for future and what I might want to do, what I might not want to do. Um, but I've been really enjoying it and seeing it from a different... I'm quite a... I like long-term planning, quite like the kind of strategic stuff. It, it suits me a wee bit better than the on-the-ground stuff, I think. So I've been really enjoying it, yeah. No, bro, no, I only ask because uh, I found I was... I got promoted within the same team I was in as well. So that first sort of wee while, it's different, you know, and you need to really try and learn that and that whole difference with relationships so it's um i think from what you've said with a quite a similar experience there and uh, i was lucky i was made permanent so um which was really good so i was i done two years and then now i've got it so well, i don't know if lucky is the word you know but uh but, aye, it's great no but that's that's cool you're taking that sort of opportunity mate um so could you just tell us a wee bit about vibrant so what is vibrant communities sort of what do you do how it began and just sort of paint that picture for us yeah, I mean, this isn't really my bag to share this story. This is really our Deputy Chief Exec now um, in East Ayrshire, Katie Kelly, who was at the forefront of establishing Vibrant. Not solely, it was through a lot of deep listening and engagement, um, but if it was really Katie that had an 18-month lead-in time to the establishment of Vibrant, where um, she engaged with existing services within the council, so CLD, leisure services at the time, also, most importantly, our communities, um, key stakeholders, really to find out about what communities really thought about the council and about the services that they were receiving. Um, so we've done something really different, I suppose, here in East Ayrshire in terms of, um, well, it really started, well, soon be 10 years ago in 2013. Mm. So next year's our, our 10-year anniversary. Mm. So we are looking to do something a bit special next year to celebrate that. But I would say from a council perspective and being really honest, we were getting very distant from our communities, mm -hmm. doing things to communities as a council as a whole rather than working with um, and for them. Um, and it was quite a transactional relationship at that time. Um, so we were really increasing demand and services right across the board. So that was kind of the reason and as part of the council's initial transformation programme to look about how we um, work with the communities that were there to serve in a different way. Um, so at that point, we did take a completely new direction um, of travel. We, when Vibrant Communities was introduced, we came, um, it came about, as I said, through that deep engagement, deep mm -hmm. listening um, with the people that were there to serve, our stakeholders, elected members, businesses, partners, everybody really right across the board. Um, and also through a lot of research that Katie did at that time. Um, in terms of that asset-based community development approach, so that was quite new to Katie because she came from a leisure development background, um, but she did a lot of research right across the board, a lot of the work that Cormac Russell um, does as well through AB, um, 
A, B, C, D, isn't it? Yeah. And also at the time, there was the work that um, Sir Harry Burns, who was the chief medical officer in Scotland mm. at that time, that talked about um, power and that people have power. It's within their gift um, in terms of power over their own lives and how we support that rather than us making decisions as authorities and partners um, for them. So we brought together, after all that, and, and really listening to what communities, our partners and stakeholders were telling us, we brought together the CLD, the, the traditional previous CLD service, leisure services and parts of wee bits of social work and, and wee bits of democratic services into one big service. Mm-hmm. And we developed at that time six different teams. So as much as we're not called community learning development, everything that Vibrant does is using CLD approaches and for the community learning development of our communities, mm-hmm. be it young people, adults, older people and uh, communities as a whole. So we are organised into six different teams. Um, so I can give you a bit of a flavour of what that looks like. Um, we've got the communities team, which Kieran will talk about specifically around the work of that in a wee while, and the focus that that team have in supporting our communities and that whole community development role. Um we have a play and early intervention team, which is really about working with children and young people around play, getting in early. Um, we have home link workers that are based within that team that work within an education setting. I think we're probably one of the only authorities that host them in a vibrant community s- setting as mm-hmm. opposed to within education. So we have them um, sitting within vibrant communities. Um we also, through that team, uh, do a lot of outdoor play and play work and just getting parents to actually learn how to properly play with their, their children. Um, we work through our children's houses as well through that team. Um, and we organise the big annual play day every year in celebration of play and bringing children, young people in our communities together. So that happens just a wee plug, the 3rd of August this year um, in Comanlock. So we usually attract about... 10 to 12,000 people come um, into Comarnock wow. to participate. That's our biggest event probably of the year from from Vibrant Community's perspective. Involves the full service, to be honest, although it's led by that, mm-hmm. that team. Um, they do lots more. We, we support um, children, young people through our uh, befriending service through that team. Um, as well, we obviously support volunteer befrienders and match them with with young people. So there's a lot of training um, goes in goes into that. Um, one of our other teams is the lifestyle development um, and community wellbeing team. So this was traditionally sat within leisure services, but has come across into vibrant with a big focus about really about people's lifestyles, community wellbeing, about supporting people with their health and wellbeing. Um, in a holistic way so we will put on um, courses targeted at adults around health we also do activity on prescription so we get referrals from GPs around people who maybe just need a a health intervention um, where they're recovering from stroke or, or any other cardiac problems or cancer rehab so we do work with them very closely alongside our health and social care partnership some of the work of that team is actually funded directly through our health and social care um, partnership and we also operate what used to be called the the chip van which has now just changed its name to chat so um, that's community um, health at all times um, 
I think I've got that right, see, that's just <laughs> changed. Um, but basically the CHIP van was a community health improvement partnership back in its day, um, and it was a van that actually went round into the a lot of our rural communities, but round all our communities, mm. where pe- it just parked up and people could go on, go on to the van, get lots of information, health and wellbeing information, get uh, health checks done, blood pressure, weight, etc. Um, and it was used as a sort of tool for engagement with people in our communities. So we do a lot of that. There's so much within that team. I've probably um, missed something out. Actually, one of that team members is trained in play therapy um, and actually goes into school and does a bit of um, play therapy through through schools. That's something that schools access through their PEF funding as well. Um, Our other team is housing support and older people's wellbeing team so there's two elements to this so the housing support officers that traditionally sat within housing now are across in vibrant communities with that whole different outlook about how we truly support individuals to um, get their um, first tenancies or sustain a tenancy Mm -hmm. a bit of support that really one-to-one coaching um, to be really support those uh, tenants to become really resilient um, in their their own right and just make sure they've got access to the right supports that they need so sometimes it can be six weeks we could the housing support officers could be working with some people up to about a a year and they take referrals um, from social work and also from a housing um, perspective but the fact that they are um, located within Vibrant, it's really making sure that we're putting people at the heart of everything that, that we do and rather than a formal process that's applied mm. to, to those individuals. The other part of that team is um, our older people's wellbeing, so it's really all that focus around our old people with our older people within communities. We have supported accommodation units across the authority um, and staff attached to each of those and it's really about getting older people to really connect it's tackling social isolation and loneliness getting um, people within communities to come into those units there's a lot of um, social activity and social groups um, that are formed although there might only be maybe 20 people living in that unit some of the social clubs have memberships upwards of 50 60 people because they're attracting um, and there's other people in the community there's connections to all the other teams around that they'll do um, chair based exercises they'll do trips they'll do entertainment we've got our own resident um, Elvis is part of that team that's what he does as part of his it's all about people's skills and talents as as our staff that's what we focus on we try not and I suppose I should have said that at the beginning we try not to look at job descriptions as such it's about the skills of the head head, hand and heart so really tapping into the skills and talents of our workforce and our communities and how we marry that up together as well so John um, within that team as an Elvis impersonator has travelled worldwide as well known so he uses that skill to engage um, particularly the older people in those units and they love him we do um, does he full dress up absolutely (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and we've got a strong partnership with Dumfries House up in Cumnock Um, so we do sort of monthly tea dances Mm. um, in partnership with them so that's targeting our supported accommodation units our um, older people right across our communities and also some of our learning disability work that we're involved Mm -hmm. in through another team that I'll talk about. So that's really about bringing um, older people in our communities together and giving them a voice and really getting them together and socialising. And we've had great feedback about the impact that's had on um, people's kind of overall health and wellbeing. So you'll see 
as I talk, the connections between each of the teams. Yeah. So the teams don't work in isolation, um, although they're set up in their, their individual teams. They really work around place as well and how they connect mm-hmm. across in our local areas. Um, one of our other teams is the Young People Sport and Diversion Team. So this would be where the traditional youth work um, within CLD is located mm-hmm. um, in terms of um, that team. But that also brings together our active schools coordinators. Um, and we are really looking at changing, or we have been working around changing the focus, not just solely around a school cluster area, but really out that sporting community mm-hmm. element. So really about... Um, leadership qualities for young people around sport but also supporting a lot of our community sports clubs and organisations as well um, we had the traditional sports development officers that sat within leisure were part of that team and that really marrying that up with community workers with that youth work background has really strengthened the work that, that we do here in East Ayrshire around kind of young people youth voice um we have our children's and young people's cabinet mm-hmm. um, here. Um, our MSYPs, our three MSYPs are part of that, but it's much wider than just them. It's about the connections to schools, colleges and our youth groups. Um, our members of the, the children and young people's cabinet and any policies or procedures going through our council cabinet, through our elected members, that has any impact around young people, it first goes in f- um, to to the children and young people's cabinet and they're given a real voice in terms of shaping what those those policies um, look like which is which is great and they've done some some wonderful things they've really led the way in terms of the um, climate change strategy for example and um, they also take a real lead in co-develop and design the youth conferences that happen on an annual basis as well also within that team we've got our youth action team within that that mm-hmm. team where we are out um, working in some of our, our communities Friday, Saturday nights, engaging um, with young people, trying to divert them away from perceived a lot of the time antisocial behaviour but um, connecting them into activity that's happening both through um, from a council perspective but also from a, a voluntary organisation so we've got a youth work network here um, and we work with some of the key organisations as well as the council Bernardo's Yip World up and come like in the zone um, down in the Dune Valley so we would only deliver in communities where with there's not delivery from other third sector partners, yeah. trying to avoid duplica- duplication and looking at how we add value to make sure young people are getting the best experiences possible. Um, we've also got a bit of DV work in there and and connected to to schools as well. Um, probably miss up. There's so much. The teams are so wide. Um, I think that's you. You do so much, so you're naturally going to miss things because you're doing. <laughs> Honest, you know, so I that's know. completely all right, you know. Our final team is called the Life Skills and Inclusion Team. So that would have been traditionally our community-based adult learning back in yep. the day, but their real focus is around um, community-based ba- community adult learning, that whole digital inclusion. Also, ESOL, um, a big focus on ESOL at the moment, especially yep. we connect in with the uh, resettlement team here but that's hosted within housing um, but especially with the Ukrainians um, coming into the area but prior to that there was a big focus anyway but it's really ramped up um, recently um, within that area and another area within that team is um, we have local area coordinators that would have traditionally sat within social work working um, with um, 
people with learning disabilities that don't quite fit the criteria for social work that um, just need a bit of support but it's more around that social um, interaction so we've got a few groups that operate um, across the authority and supported through the, the uh, local area coordinators so we've got three local area coordinators and they do some fantastic work um, in terms of learning disability they celebrate learning disability week we have our own learning disability week here in East Ayrshire I participated in one of their health walks the other uh, month there that was brilliant just to engage with um, with the individuals and they've um, they've been doing some amazing uh, work they put on shows to really um, promote for example, hate crime um, and things like that. So they do so much and they're so talented and they just have a great time. Um, they do uh, litter picks. They've been doing, they've got the uh, bikes, um, All Ability Bikes. I was trying to get the right name there. The All Ability Bikes up in Cumnock and down in the Comarnock area. Um, so to making sure everybody gets that opportunity to participate in activity. Um, and another major area of that team is around the lead for volunteering across East Ayrshire sits within vibrant communities. So right. we've got a volunteering framework. We've also got ensuring that every council officer, wherever they sit um, within the council, is able to do that employer-supported volunteering um, one day a year. They get to give back to communities, and that could be done over a couple of hours, half a day or a full day, and that is sort of led by... Um, or over the oversight sits with vibrant communities but it's also about our volunteering roles within the service across each of the teams um, so I have a team coordinator that has the strategic lead for that um, within that team so it's quite varied as well but the focus is on kind of adult literacy, numeracy, digital ESOL and yep. um, that kind of whole learning disability support and employability as well um, from like the, the lowest level trying to just build people's skills confidence to start engaging and progress them in that employability pipeline linking to our, our colleagues in um, economic development around that so quite a big service we've got well over probably I would say about 120 to 140 staff right across my service um, I've got the six team leaders and the teams are big wide um, but it's all about making sure that communities are at the heart of everything that mm. we do we're there to serve communities not do things to them and really supporting whether you're a young person adult an older person or a community organization as a whole really supporting them in that whole cld approach to really develop um, their skills confidence their resilience their capacity really celebrating and really supporting that whole community empowerment and community power um, that's really coming through um, and that probably I'm going to stop talking because I could talk for ages about that. <laughs> I'm so passionate about the work of vibrant communities um, and just so thankful that we've been able to really embed CLD, mm -hmm. um, not as a discrete service, but really embed that within vibrant communities. And the work of vibrant, I would say, has really helped to change thinking change the way we do things as a council as a whole to a certain extent. We've still got a long way to go, but when the, the council's transformation team, as I said earlier, that I, I was seconded there, bringing that community element into that team to really embed and further develop what Vibrant is about mm -hmm. and does 
into other services to change mindset that you're not just sitting behind a desk or a computer. You are a council officer. You are there to serve communities. So we are there to have conversations. It's not that top-down approach. It's very much about making sure voices are heard, whether it be young people or adults. So really trying to embed that whole um, journey of vibrant and empowered, because that was a a work stream of the transformation strategy at the time um, that I led on, and it was really trying to upscale what we do, or not upscale, I would say embed it right across the approaches that we have, that whole can-do, solution-focused approach of vibrant into other services. Um, That hasn't been easy if I'm being honest but we've been on a good journey and we're certainly if I think back to where we were 20 odd years ago as a council and where we are now we've certainly got a better relationship with our communities as a council as a whole if I'm talking from that Mm -hmm. wider strategic point of view and the way we do things is much better we've still got a way to go in some of the work that we're we're embarking on at the moment around place space locality um, community power work around and embedding kind of our PB approaches as well I think is really going to strengthen that further and embed that even further but that's still or is, is live at the moment I suppose um, but I would I'm probably going to shut up now, actually, and let uh, Kieran talk, because (laughs) Kieran uh, will probably be able to talk really about the work of the communities team in depth and the approaches and the the relationships that they've established that have actually got us probably to where we are in terms of relationships with communities and new people coming forward as well. So before we move on to Kieran, um, so you started being service manager 18 months ago, so that was still during the height of the pandemic and doing all that, so... How have you personally found that transition into taking such a large role on in the middle of that and just in general, like, try to develop it and evolve it and keep it running and growing and all that good stuff? Great question. It's been a massive challenge. And I suppose when I came in, it was right, as you, you quite rightly said, the height of the pandemic. And actually, what we do with Vibrant was very different then. We're starting just, I suppose, in the past, since January, really getting back to, to what we did. Mm-hmm. But Vibrant Communities was really the lead in terms of that response for communities as part of COVID. We didn't do things to and two communities it was very much working shoulder to shoulder with our community resilience groups at that point we had the lead for test and protect outbound calls so it was actually my service staff did all that Um, we were doing um, we had established in each of our place areas staff from across each of the teams so they were totally taken away from what they would normally do but they were still out there working they were out in communities making sure people were supported if they were isolating they were given they they got the support of food packages connecting to establishing our community resilience groups our communities were amazing um really strengthening the existing larder provision that we had here in um east Ayrshire. so i came in at the height of that so it was to keep there was already a really at in fairness I suppose I had a bit of um, link to Vibrant in my transformation role. Um, I had been brought in to support, really. It was, I suppose it was your team, Kieran, yeah. wasn't it? I worked alongside the community workers in particular, supporting them around that offer and the team leaders in Vibrant around the offer. Um, I was asked just to come and give a bit of extra support. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was involved at, at the time. So when I took up the post, it was really, I had, I had a lot of that background, which yeah. helped. The fact I'd been in Vibrant before, 
helped because I'd been a team leader in the communities team. So I knew the service. I wasn't mm-hmm. starting for, for scratch. And um, so I had a lot of those relationships. But I suppose what I'd wanted to do in terms of where I want to take the service to next, I wasn't able to do straight away anyway ah. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But now we're at that, getting to that point where we're back out and communities delivering what we should be doing. Um, but I suppose what it's the, what I'm thinking at the stage I'm at now is that whole leadership that I've had to provide mm-hmm. to the st- keep the staff going because there has been staff burnout. They've been mm-hmm. constant all the way through. There hasn't been downtime like maybe in other services. They've been go, 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 whether yeah. it's responding as a result of the pandemic, now moving straight into uh, delivery again. We're now into summer programme, so it's crazy busy time again. So at the end of the summer, the teams will have a bit of a, a time out, relax, reflect, plan. Breathe. And, yeah, breathe, yeah. exactly. And that's what I'm saying, and that's what I've been supporting um the, the teams around and then it's looking at right okay so what's our vision then um, for the next sort of two to five years where are we going next it's our 10 year anniversary next year so let's do uh, we do regular self evaluation anyway but that kind of fell by the wayside with COVID so all that starting again really to right so what what do we know what, what are, what's the intelligence telling us is what we're doing still the right way to be doing it? Yeah. Um, what are our new connections? Is there a different way of delivering? What are our communities telling us? So that's the stage we're at. It's the critical reflection yeah. thing, isn't it? That we're all meant to be doing all the time and do regularly. Yeah. And when that whole landscape changed, it was everybody was just trying to keep up with how to best support communities in a completely different way from what they're used to. And staff, I mean, staff from all over, Vibrant, coming together, those kind of place-based hubs that were there were great. People just mucked in, got together. We had staff that were able and willing to be out and about delivering parcels. We had some uh, dodgy ticker. At that point, I was on the danger list, don't, <laughs> don't mix with anybody <laughs> list. And so I felt like, oh, no, I'm stuck at the house on the phone sending people places. And yeah. but everybody played their part. Everybody did what they could mm-hmm. do at the time. And do you know, I m- built relationships with staff that uh, are working in the same patch as me, but I hadn't really had that mm-hmm. working relationship with before. And um, that's lasted as well throughout going... And that's been, uh, I keep saying, COVID was, it was it's been a horrific time for, for people in our communities, for everybody, for services right across mm-hmm. the board. However, there's been real strengths, as you, yeah. you've you've stated there, Kieran. Real strengths have come from that, and it's about how we embed the, the things that were strong. It really highlighted that CLD approach right across the country. When you come yeah. together with colleagues nationally, that actually it's now recognising that CLD workforce have a real part to play in terms of engaging with communities. If it wasn't for them in a lot of places, there would have been real, um, I think there would be real problems, but our communities themselves, I mean, honestly, as an, if I'm talking from a strategic authority perspective, we could never have done what we did to support communities without communities, because really they were at the forefront of that. And I think we were able to, to overnight, we put a call to action out overnight. We had well over 100 groups and organisations step up and I think that was because of those existing strong relationships that we I think have. that's important. Our, our now Deputy Chief Exec, Katie Kelly, would reflect often about 
moving at the speed of trust and these relationships you have with people and I think that's what made the difference you know being involved in a local authority a big organization it can be slow to change and move and communities started to get involved do things right from the offset as soon as we knew code was a thing and there was going to be a lockdown and community groups started to move and because of relationships that were there through community workers and other teams as well that then I think that's how we were able to do that kind of facilitated approach as quickly and as and as it wasn't all plain sailing but it was smoother than what it definitely could have been yeah. and I think that's been it's the relationships that we continue to embed through all our different teams different relationships mm -hmm. uh, different areas different groups different people in the communities that really make the difference as well we brought together um just a good few weeks ago now brought together the full service the first face-to-face -face yeah. time we'd all been together as mm -hmm. a full service so previously in vibrant we come together maybe three four times a year but because of covid that hadn't yeah. happened for at least two two and a half years and it was just amazing to have the full service in a space together celebrating the work that we do, reminding ourselves of the fantastic work that each member of the service does. And it just, I just felt so humbled and really, really proud and passionate. Just love the work that we do. And actually, I couldn't do my role as a leader of this service or a service manager, I don't like the word manager, but leader of the service. I couldn't do it without the staff really within the service. It's They, they make it what it is. Um, and the respect I think that we have in communities, vibrant communities is really well liked. When I sit with colleagues in other services and they're getting all these complaints coming in, sometimes I feel guilty, but then I think, no, we're we're a different service. We're, we're, we're coming at it from a different angle. And it's a weird place to be. You're sometimes not seen as the council when no. you're at community ah, meetings and true. things. And you think, that's like, I've got the council badge on, but oh no, but you're vibrant, you're not the council. I sit, I sit at meetings and people all say, on oh, the council this and the council that, and I'm sitting there like, ah, yeah. I'm that day. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, but no you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, right, okay. <laughs> but, I, but I totally get that. Like that's, it's, I think it's the approach that we do and it's the work that we do, isn't it? That yeah. lets communities know see us as a large statutory organisation because the work that you do is... And the work that we do in COD and Vibrant and everything is so like person centred and we're there to benefit people and people see that, mm -hmm. um, especially if you do it right. You know that absolutely, totally. Mm -hmm. So, um, Kieran, do you want to tell us a bit about the communities team and just sort of about the work that yous do and why? Definitely, yeah. So, communities team. As I said before, I've been around six and a half years, and I started as a sessional worker just just before. Um, the, the vibrant change at the end of 2012 I think I started so I was involved in some of the engagement around it and seen it from a distance I guess seen some of the changes so been able to be involved and in, I don't live in East Ayrshire I do live in Ayrshire but I don't live in East Ayrshire and been able to have the opportunity to come here full time as well and be involved in that work was something that was exciting and it still does excite me most of the time as well I know yeah so yeah, communities team. So communities teams evolved even in even in the last kind of six and a bit years I've been here. We've we've got a team of what we've got, we've got t ten community workers all based across uh, East Ayrshire. Every area in East Ayrshire is allocated a, a community worker. Um, we also have um, kind of community investment function within our team as well um, that helps with some of the external grant and some advice and kind of signposting for that too. Also involved in some of our our kind of managed 
grants that go out to some community organisations too. Um, we also have focus on community asset transfer. We've got an officer that, that deals a lot with community asset transfer. Uh, we've got community councils as well. So I think um, community councils is one that came over from democratic services as well at the beginning. Um, more to kind of change it from a, a kind of administration of elections and um, and AGMs to more a developmental kind of capacity building mm-hmm. role. So I think even as we've involved as a team, capacity building remains kind of at the core of what we do. So I'll just talk through some of the main work streams that we have, I guess. We have um, so community action plans that are locally led community action plans. We've got 26, I think, that have launched over the from 2012 mm-hmm. until now. Um, they are a kind of five-year plan that is locally led, big engagement exercise, local steering groups formed, big engagement exercise, pulled together the priorities of the community. When a 40% of household, when we get the return of 40%, that's when the, the plans are live. Um, they go to a voting event and they get prioritised. We've got a published plan. And that's a plan for that the, the whole community has ownership for. Mm-hmm. So in some places there's a group that help kind of facilitate that. In others it's allocated out between a few. And over the years as well, that's evolved. We've now got some partnership plans as well where it's not been Vibrant that facilitated that. It's been others. Um, we've had plans that are now into second phase as well. So that's their second five-year plan. We've got one probably starting in the next few months that's going to be a phase three. So it was one right. of the original ones in 2012, which means they've just about got time <laughs> for it to be the third turnaround. Uh, so that's exciting as well. That's a big part of what we do as a team. Um, and help facilitate that, not just through that process, but once the plan's launched, helping groups um, put some of those priorities into practice, I guess, work on some of those, and be the kind of um, the engager, I guess, around the council too, uh, or around community planning partners, where um, that engagement's required to help with some of those priorities, or at least to get some information about them mm-hmm. to see what can be done. So yeah, community action plans, community asset transfer too, we've... Um, We've got, I don't know, like 61 community asset transfers across East Ayrshire. Now that's um, a mix of uh, management arrangements, that's uh, leases, long-term leases, and there's a handful of um, ownership, transfer Mm -hmm. of ownership of land or or building as well. We have, um, at the time, I'm not sure if it still is, but at the time was the kind of biggest community asset transfer in Scotland in the old Kilmarnock Academy, an old school middle of the town, centre stage musical theatre company in there, centre oh stage have now grown and evolved as well and it's not just musical theatre they offer, there's plethora of stuff they do and they're based out of that, so community asset transfer is a huge thing and the support and development as well, we were keen even before the um, the act was in place, Community Empowerment Act, to have more of a supportive um, framework really around community asset transfer to try and build capacity of the groups to be able to take on some of these buildings, community associations that we worked with for years that were managing lets and uh, the assets themselves, actually examples of them going on and being able to do it much better, using the money better than we ever did as well, keeping it up to date, looking great. Yeah. I would <laughs> probably come in and say that actually, and I, I don't mind saying it live, but I'll say it, I say it all the time, <laughs> Kieran's laughing here, actually these groups or organisations that have taken on some of these facilities are doing a far better job than we as a council mm. ever did. Yeah. 
one because it's their building, it's in their community, but they could also access funding that we couldn't as a as a council. I suppose when we developed our community asset transfer policy back whenever it was actually because of the policy we had in place we helped to inform and shape what the community empowerment act looks like in terms of that element Mm -hmm. of it from the learning of what we'd done so it wasn't about like other areas of possibly thought around just passing on an asset or a liability to a community it was very much that supportive approach not setting communities up to fail a robust assessment and process that's why Kieran outlined the different elements, yeah. management ag- arrangements, short-term lease, long-term lease, outright ownership, depending on the business case. So, yeah, yeah sorry, Kieran, I just no, had to get that I mean, bit I was, in. So, I, when I started, I had Hurlford as one of my patches, and um, community centre in Hurlford, uh, one of the bigger community centres that yeah. we have in East Ayrshire. Not a, wasn't a bad looking, it was kept all right, but um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a wedding reception there, totally transformed. Just completely different thing. You d- it didn't even feel like you were in a community centre when, when the big draped curtains and everything were in, and it was great. All uh, set up, tables were lovely. So it's some of the, I mean, some of the changes that have been made in some of them. All to, I mean, even like down in Oakletree where, it was transfer of an old building. It was. Oh, was that cleared well, site actually? Cleared we site transferred there. And completely new community hub built there as well, all off the back of community asset transfer right. and, and wider team support on it. So it's really, I mean, there's loads of examples. I mean, we, there's actually too many to just try <laughs> and talk about. But yeah, community, community asset transfer. They're amazing. I think just some of the great examples that you see at a community asset transfer are such an important thing. So it's everywhere that does them, they're so good. And I think the way you described it as well, it's the people who then get a hold of them can make great use of these spaces and transform mm-hmm. these spaces and then the benefits of the community is incredible and there's great examples that um, I've been in part in sort of helped some people out and sort of just informal conversations no, that's not part of my role but then seeing them when they get it to moving on and what they're offering it's amazing to see it's it's not, they're to not see. dictated to some of the constructs that we put up as well mm-hmm. I mean some of the wanting to use it for a, a New Year's party and well, we'd, we're not going to put staff on it because it's public holiday. It's this, that, and the next <laughs> thing. Uh, it would cost you this out of hours and that. Well, do you know all, all that goes? It's just well, if there's somebody able to be there and open up. Well, f- the first uh, area I started working in, as I said earlier, was Dom Ellington and that community centre. Oh it yeah. just was so dated. It looked oh, it just wasn't great. See now you go down there, it's so vibrant. They've turned it around. They mm. specialise in weddings and everything as well. They've just it's just amazing what they have done mm. as an organisation by taking that building on. And it's I think they've I think the last when we were somebody was talking about it, they've trebled the income of that centre as well by them taking that on it is so well used they're just doing amazing we actually recorded it was down in that very centre we recorded a wee video around community asset transfer called the the rocky road so if anybody's seen that floating about youtube or whatever then um that was um, myself my colleague Mm -hmm. within at that time within estates and some of the the community reps talking about their journey and just the difference that it's it's made but it just shows you that communities just taking things on can do far yeah. better the work of the community led action plans has helped to cement some of that mm. because of that survey work that they've done has allowed them then to evidence for funding bids and stuff has yeah. really helped yeah sorry Kieran, on you go no that's fine i think we've already touched earlier as well with some of the larder and resilience support that our team are doing in kind of in partnership with them um, on-site our, our catering service to our facilities management and um, and participatory budgeting we kind of alluded to earlier too so historically I guess that was around 
grant making um, mm-hmm. and bringing in some investment from health and social care with lottery funding and different things in the past to try to then um, go into the mainstream PB. So we, we piloted one with our, uh, our greener communities um, service during your time in transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, around the kind of service delivery in that area, what gets, what areas get cut, what um, the planters that are looked after, and different loads of different options about that engagement to start with about what the options could be with the budget went away, costed them out, and options were presented and voted on, and that I guess is getting developed. So that's something that's very live at the moment around how we kind of see mainstream P, PB across the council. So using some of the the learned lessons there. Um, we were just d- doing engagement with some of the heads of service not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, about how that's going to look and uh, the offer from Vibrant to help support with some of the advice um, and capacity building around that as well. Um, so that's really exciting. That's something that's quite interesting and is going to see that approach throughout the council again, which I think is really important. Um, community investment I mentioned a little bit earlier too and we also do kind of wider engagement around the council so East Ayrshire do a, a Vibrant Voices um, which is the kind of um, the way that we engage with local communities around budget decisions that the council are making any kind of big um, decisions that the council mm-hmm. are going to make goes goes out through that um, also our community planning partnership a lot of engagement work with them been working with them more closely actually over the last few years looking at locality planning as well and, and, and trying to get community voice throughout that more. We have reps, we have two community council and two community action plan reps on the community planning partnership board. Um, but it's also about getting people involved at all different levels of that too. Yeah. So that's been quite, that's really got me quite excited going forward as well. But what, what could happen there? Really amenable and, and great colleagues across in our um, corporate support service who help support some of that. Um, we do a lot of work with housing and our housing asset services colleagues, so some of that's around community benefit monies that come in from contractors building houses, our own uh, housing developments that East Ayrshire do, um, some of the monies around that, where we've had kind of light touch PB approaches for some of that um, too. Uh, different like placemaking and around the local place plans that have just come in to um, the new planning act and um, how they link with community action plans. So before we had quite a good relationship between the two with community action plans and the placemaking plans, and now that that's now part of wider legislation, trying to tidy that up and make sure that they're still aligned because a lot of that same information and engagement is happening. So making sure that that's aligned, and I think that's a, a big part of what we're doing as well, is trying to make sure where people are going out because I think we've seen... In the last few years, we've seen a lot more departments or services go out and try and get the views of communities, um, but maybe not in the way that we would always have done it. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's been great conversations about that as well, and trying to be more joined up about how we do that. Um, recently, as well, some of our town centre, our community-led regeneration projects, and some of the big kind of Scottish government, UK government funding streams that are coming in, and where we've already got relationships with some of those organisations um, helping, again, build capacity to be able to apply for them in the first place and deliver on some of these projects um, and kind of working alongside that team as well to make sure that we're able to bring in the most investment we can to East Ayrshire to see, mm. to see the regeneration that's needed in our, our rural and our urban communities too. Um, so yeah, lots of different. We also do, um, we've 
other community workers are trained mediators as well. So we we do mediation for our housing. We also recently have been doing mediation through um, through some of our other services um, too. So yeah, really varied work that our team do and keeps us busy, keeps us on our toes. Every day is a bit different, and um, yeah, just trying to manage those priorities and make sure that we're we're still um, doing the best we can in each of those individual things. Well try to keep on top of them too. Yeah, so, so see what you just said there is what I was going to ask so like I didn't from from our just sort of conversations for like um, for you coming on to the podcast I didn't realise how much that you would do within your team so it's how do you like prioritise and keep on top <laughs> of like everyone because that's loads you know yeah. so it's in your it's, it's a large area as well that you're representing. I think, so I think it's quite a it's often a matter of debate in the team about how we prioritise and, and what what gets first dibs and Aye. different people have different opinions about what that is and I think community workers love it. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> and procrastination. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think um what's been great as well is we're not just a team of community workers now mm-hmm. either. So we've got um in the last year or two we we've managed to bring in our kind of lead cat officer. We've we've got community councils involved there as well. Um, although that's community worker, previous community worker that does that, um, and we've got community investment in. So the kind of the team offer is getting wider. And I think yeah. what one of the things with vibrant that we maybe didn't talk about earlier was about how some people see it as a it's a great thing, but it's not something that they are or the approach isn't something that they are able to do very easily. So the easier thing to do is just ask vibrant to do it maybe instead of us being involved in building the capacity of some of these people or other departments to be able to work in that way better too. So I think that's something that we've been talking about recently about... We do work right across yeah. services really in the council yeah. and other partner organisations. So as much as we are discreet in terms of our vibrant communities, we're actually yeah. everywhere. We're all yeah. over the council, We've, we get funding. So I, I suppose you could, if you wanted to put it down to budgetary terms, so 50, uh, roughly about 50% of vibrant's budget is externally funded mm-hmm. through, it could be from a health and social care partnership or um, from Sports Scotland, from other external yeah. funders. But what we deliver, only 50% of that is core funding the rest the other half of it is really as a result of all our partnerships our connections our relationships so we do work right across council yeah. services but as you said sometimes the easy route out for services is just give that to vibrant they'll do it because we're a can-do service we're there to serve yeah. but it's about supporting others to get that mindset and that shift as well isn't it so yeah. which isn't always easy sometimes no. they just think all right vibrant will do it it's just and a lot will. of juggling isn't it it's a lot of juggling it's a lot of dropping something for a, a week or two so that something else can be right. done and just it's at the end of the day it's what, it's though, what the it? community Adapting. the community's yeah. priorities are is what leads the priorities yeah. i suppose of the teams particularly the community's team around our community-led action plans is the key area of work that you you support and facilitate and that's probably the priority along with um, other bits and pieces but it's uh, it's every day's different and it is juggling and continuously yeah. prioritising isn't it and depending on the needs and ensuring that throughout all of this that our communities remain at the heart of everything we do and that we don't become a passive fo- um, service that we are actually truly engaging and um, supporting our communities um, the way we should be and and as long as we've got that at the heart and we don't lose sight of that then 
we're doing we're doing well. Well, I should say another wee plug for any local people that are listening. We have our communities conference at the end of the year, which brings together reps from all these different organisations, work streams mm-hmm. type thing that we were talking about. To uh, really excited to be able to do it face to face again this year <laughs> because we the first year of COVID we didn't do it because our online stuff just wasn't slick enough to make it happen. It just wouldn't have been done justice. And last year we did it online, which was great. But it just wasn't the same. The whole beauty of the conference is people coming together, Connecting the, the, the kind of off-the-cuff conversations uh, over lunch or with staff between community reps, with partners. We have lots of partners there. We have lots of um, usually quite a lot of folk from different council departments mm-hmm. as well, community planning, um, and yeah. So it's always a day where we were we met this week just to start planning that mm-hmm. for later in the year, and that's how I started the meeting. Just like you know, I was thinking about what we need to do and the time scale that we need to do it. And I'm thinking, oh, James, we're going to need to kind of muck in here. But actually, all of it was with a smile on my face about, I actually can't wait to just be there because it's uh. such an uplifting day. It's just, there's always a few kind of um, surprisingly good things that happen that you don't plan for. Mm-hmm. And there's always really great conversations or things that happen. You just feel very uplifted and great about it all. And community reps, it's the boost as well, going into that busy Christmas period with all the different projects going on and events. It's uh, it's great. So I'm really looking forward to having that. So it's, I think it's going to be beginning October this year. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. And that's something that we all really full team muck in. Ar- ar- arrange. Yeah, it's great. It's just a really good time. Aye, that's amazing. So is there, like, any um, sort of good news stories of that you would like to share? Ease of maybe done. I know that to be fair, that's going to be hard. Maybe to pick one. So if you don't want to answer it, fair dues. There's so many. Where, where do you start? Um, you'll probably go from your team, but I would say from a, a wider service perspective, just about how the good news is about how the service has developed. I would say over mm-hmm. the ten, well, nearly ten years. It'll be ten years next year. How it's really developed, and that sort of national profile that we have as well and we're invited along to well online these days uh, to talk at different conferences conferences events but also about supporting other authorities who want to find out a bit more but we've been on this journey by learning from others so we're really keen to support others um but we, it's that reciprocal relationship, though, because we're, we're not all about just telling our story. We want to learn mm-hmm. and learn more as an authority generally, but as as vibrant communities as well to make sure that we can continuously evolve and, and be better yeah. than, than we are, even or even better than we are. But we do really have a strong presence in our communities is probably the good news story we have. There is so much. I mean, I'm trying to think of all I could, I could come up with about five good news stories for each team would be Aye. here all day but generally I just think how we've come together but that protection of that community development approach we don't really talk CLD as mm. such because we're called vibrant communities but that approach that methodology that value base is embedded and it's not just embedded in our CLD qualified workforce it's embedded right across what yeah. what we do within um vibrant communities I think would be mm-hmm. fair to say um, and the good news story is, is and it's our strap line it's everywhere that we really do and we don't it's just it's not just talking the talk we actually walk the walk about making sure people are at the heart of everything that we do um, 
and that just the relationships that have established. Um, we've got great stories where people, young people have started as volunteers with us, have moved into sessional work with us, part-time to full-time posts. We've got loads of examples of that. We've got the one that jumps out, but there's others, and that's a shame because he's always chosen. But Kieran McMaster, who um, is one of our sports um, mentors within the Young People Sport and Diversion team, started off as a a young person volunteering, did his leadership training, became a sessional staff, and he uses his skill in boxing as an engagement method with young people within a school setting um, and in the community sports mm-hmm. side. And he's just he's just got an amazing way with engaging young people, hasn't yeah. he? It's just brilliant. But there's loads of examples. I think Danielle and our team as well. Danielle was a student with us uh, oh, not that long ago, amazing. really. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know that way you just get a feeling about people when you're working with them and Danielle very quickly then was on her bank register. I'm not even sure if she did a bank shift to be honest and we had a full-time post come up and she's been with she's been with us a few years now, okay. three years and just, um, yeah, be, be, it doesn't always work like that the way just yeah. naturally how things change but it's great when it does. We were how we develop our staff, that investment yeah. in developing volunteers and the investment in our volunteers, our bank staff mm. and then our staff in general and I think that's the biggest asset is the staff across the service and the engagement that they have with communities the relationships they've established with each other but most importantly within our communities um, I I just I'm amazed every single day, no two days are the same (laughs) I've been out visiting, obviously I don't get out as much, I'm not out there on the ground face to face but I've made a point in my role of uh, holiday times but even out with that I was out in the past couple of weeks doing some shadowing work with a couple of the staff and the teams but overall our staff are just, that's the good news story, our staff are all amazing and we just couldn't do what we do without Mm. our staff I'll give you a classic community worker divert away from what we do to <laughs> some community groups that we're supporting do. I think the, I think it's a long game quite a lot of the time, isn't it, with yep. community work, especially around the kind of capacity building side of it. And I just think even like in the six years I've been here, I know that there's some projects that have been the inception of came from years before that as well. But thinking about some of them and how they've evolved and developed, like th- when I was when I first started. I met a group called uh, Crossroads Community Hub. They now, five years, six years on, have a cracking community facility um, in Crossroads uh, Ayrshire Food Hub, it's branded as now, and they do great engagement with local Mm -hmm. businesses, local farmers, it's a kind of community hub space for a lot of the rural community. And just being in that building, seeing actually the, the ideas, what had been talked about for so long actually be there, as well, in a few weeks, um, a group in Darville uh, called DART, the Area Regeneration Team, they've been working on, um, it was an old an old co-op building, I think, that's been um, purchased the site, flattened it, and it's going to be a nice outdoor market space, a wee bit of covering, a wee bit for social events, and that's due to launch in a few weeks' time, and I cannot wait to see the... Oh, I've amazing. not been in Darville since the first... Uh, groundwork was done, yeah. so I haven't actually seen any of the structures, I haven't seen any of the landscape and I can't wait to I've see I've just it. seen it online it does look amazing. Yeah. Oh, so nice. like lots of different, and we mentioned places like Ocaltree, we mentioned some like Hurlford as well, that's all a lot of physical things but just simply like seeing some areas where 
we haven't had the best relationships at times seeing that develop and seeing plans come into place, good work happen. I think that's what keeps us going most of the time as well. It's, it's seeing yeah. that. Our volunteers, our staff, but mm. and importantly our communities that, that we're there to serve, that just the resilience that we're seeing across communities is where there was previously maybe quite a bit of apathy back historically and just seeing that turning around and yeah. those relationships really changing. Um, and it's not all perfect and not all rosy and that's the honest picture, but we're certainly, compared to where we were 20 years ago, yeah. there is a big shift, a massive shift yeah. in fact. Um, and it's great to still be here to be able to see that and reflect um, the because it's not always that workers stay in the same area for any length of time, but the fact I have been about here for the kind of twenty, nearly twenty four years, it makes me feel old now. But being able to reflect back and see the change in communities, uh, um, having worked right across the area, uh, it's it's brilliant. I just love it. Oh, amazing, amazing. So I'll just take you out the last question. So we put this just at the end of every podcast. So you can pick who goes first as well. So um, it's just what advice would you give to someone who's looking to start a career in CLD or vibrant communities? So I think I'm just reflecting back a bit about being younger and those opportunities that I did have that I didn't realise actually fell within the CLD bracket really until that was came into my periphery and I was able to kind of think about it more. So I think, like, um, take the opportunities, go and explore those opportunities, be involved, be involved at not just being a participant, but a lot of these times these things are age or, or stage, aren't they? So when you get to the end of that age or stage, you actually look at sticking around to help out. That was a big part of my learning when I was younger. And um, it's probably the reason I'm here now. I think as well, it's... So at university, I deliberately, we, we had to do a placement every year. Mm -hmm. So I deliberately did a different kind of placement every year. And I think it's easy to stick with the stuff that we know, the stuff that we like, or the stuff that might come a bit easier to us. So like my specialism at uni was youth work, mm -hmm. with a wee bit of outdoor ed thrown in. I don't do any of that now. Uh, and in a way, I'm glad, because actually I found that I really enjoyed doing some of the capacity building, community development work. And if I hadn't, tried that out when I was at university um, I might not have discovered that yet yeah. as well so I think take the opportunities be varied with them and don't just stick to what you know don't stick to your local area either if you can move about a bit especially when you're studying if you're able to move about and experience different things do it because it will it'll shape and I'm I'm sure that I've not experienced everything that I'm going to yet and that I've still got a lot of discovery and learning about what makes me tick and what doesn't to come uh, so that would be my big one. Nice one. Just building on that, I suppose, because I would agree with what Kieran's said. Building on that, I would say, just do it. Mm. Actually, if it's your passion, go for it. Don't hold back. Um, you don't have to go through that qualified route straight away. Get on bank lists, volunteer, get, speak to people that are in that field. Just get a feel for, for what it's like. What are the... the positives where are some of the challenges but build on that and don't be put off it's hard work um, some things go really well some things don't necessarily on occasions but it's learning every day is a learning day and if I ever meet a, a member of staff that says they don't learn something new every day then I think are you really are you really developing you as a doing? worker because every day is a learning day and I still say that and I've been here 24 years and every day in this field for 24 years albeit a wee 
secondment for three years, but it was still using my CLD um, value based mm-hmm. um, and that I went through in terms of my qualification. But I started as a young person, volunteered in probably uniformed organisations as well as leader and etc. But I would just say follow your dreams, follow your heart, your passion and just do it. Don't hold back. If you think it's if you, you've got a bit of interest, find out a bit more, experience it locally and spread your wings, as Kieran said, but just go for it. Just do it. It's such a rewarding role. It's such a rewarding um and a privilege, I think I actually feel quite privileged to do the work that we do and now to be leading that work that we do because I see just the benefits that we um that, that, that this work has and and just when you see communities developing and whether we see young people, adults, whoever, and when you speak to them and hear the feedback from them, it just sometimes I'm getting really I'm getting really slushy and smushy <laughs> here, but sometimes it does bring a wee happy tear to your eye. I just feel really passionate and I hopefully that passion and leadership comes through for the service um in my kind of leadership. But I would say to anybody that's thinking about it, just do it. We've got kickstart young people involved in the service we've got modern apprenticeship um opportunities coming up again and i'm like we just want to support people as much as we can to get into this field because it's just to me amazing what we um this area works. Yeah, that's been a good point as well we are um we've got a bank post open as well just now for community work assistance if anybody's interested <laughs> um cool. students as well are we, we in the past have had school placements we've had college university students if anybody wants to find out more about what Vibrant do, get in touch. I think check out our Facebook and Twitter as well. You'll see the the major varied um different activities and and stuff that that happens down here and yeah, if anybody wants to talk more about it, get in touch with any of us directly or, or ping a message to any of the Vibrant Communities channels that you see online. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Is there anything else you would like to add or cover or it's quite happy? Perfect. Amazing. Thank you very much today. Cheers for having us. It's been nice to actually come and meet people in person again and record these. So um, thank you very much. Thank Thank you. Massive thanks for Kieran and Suzanne for joining us this week on CLD Talks. Make sure you follow them on Twitter at Vibrant EAC and on Facebook, East Ayrshire Vibrant Communities. And also follow us at CLD Talks on Twitter to stay up to date with all future podcasts. Thanks very much, and I'll catch you next time.